Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. Happy Memorial Day. Welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and the stylish Annie Ellis. I always wonder what you're going to say. I know. Clark, Clark got me excited about your <laughs> no, wardrobe. Fabulous. So, uh, Annie, do you have any Thing exciting planned for? Well, I, I'd like to know what you've been doing <laughs> because I know yours is far more exciting than mine. I'm just repainting my bedroom and redoing my windows. So <laughs> that is sustainable, I guess. I'm not throwing out old windows. I'm fixing them. That's good. Yeah. I have, uh, well, I've been touring this carnivorous plant talk for about five years now, and I finally retired it. Tomorrow, the Florida Native Plant Society Director of Communications is coming over and she's going to film some plants and I'm going to do a brand new presentation which you'll be able to watch at their up and coming Lunch and Learn on June 17th. Well, that's pretty exciting uh, because, you know, you've been, I've heard your carnivorous uh, plant thing and it's wonderful, but I'm really interested in native plants. I mean, that's like one of my biggest, isn't that what you just said? Yep. Native? I'm really interested in that and, um, so I'm excited to be able to hear that uh, as soon as we can get it. Yeah. So I've congratulations. Been, That's a great, great uh, opportunity. You. I've been practicing feverishly to <laughs> be ready. Do you practice in front of the mirror? Uh, no mirror, but because it's not by, by myself in okay. a room. <laughs> no critiques. Yeah. <laughs> So, answering your calls is Clark. We're very happy to have Clark back. Yes, yay, Clark is here. And working the boards is Greg. Thank you, Greg, for being here instead of Bill. Yes. Yes. On this wonderful Memorial Day. Today, we are talking with Ann Yasalanis and Andrea (laughs) Nikolai, Nikolai, extension (laughs) agents in Polk County. Today, we are learning how to grow and eat. That's the important part, how to eat a summer garden in Florida. So stay tuned as we promote a balance of people, profit, and planet. So I'm Annie, and I'm so happy to be here with you guys. I I actually forgot it was Memorial Day. I made a phone call, and nobody was there. It was kind of hilarious uh, to me. It was, I'm easily amused. So uh, let's just talk about our guests. So Anne is the residential horticulture agent and master gardener volunteer coordinator at UFIFAS Extension uh, Polk County. She offers education to residents on landscaping and gardening in Central Florida. And Andrea has a master's degree in public health nutrition and is a registered dietitian nutritionist and works with UF in Polk County as the family and consumer science agent. That's an interesting title. Her goals are to help improve the lives of others, help make the healthy choice the easy choice, and show others how healthy eating can be delicious and fun. Welcome to the program, Anne and Andrea. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You're, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, boy, your voices sound so much alike. That's going to be <laughs> hard for me. 
<laughs> we can't see your faces. So we'll start. We're going to go back and forth with Anne and Andrea. Um, so uh, we're just trying to figure out how to, the best way to manage it. But anyway, Anne, um, we'll start with you. And, you know, it's, it's the very end of May, and it's getting really hot out there. So what is that? What is the thing that you think that we could be planting uh, anything edible in our gardens now? Um, uh, I know lima beans would be a good one, right? But what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there there are a few things that that you can plant now. Um, ironically, this is the season in Florida where many people take their breaks, similar right. to up north, where it would be you know the the colder temperatures. This is kind of our break time, mm-hmm. so. It's certainly okay for you to, to not grow anything now. Um, but if you want to, um, uh, I would say the, the top five um, uh, vegetables you might want to plant now would be okra, uh, southern peas, sweet potatoes, um, cherry tomatoes, peppers. Um, Seminole pumpkins are always a fun one as well, but that's giving you six. Uh, so you just said cherry tomatoes. So you find that you can grow tomatoes in the summertime? I think the only thing I can ever make go on tomato line is um, uh, Everglades. Yep, you can grow the Everglades tomatoes now. Yes. Yeah, so in the summer months, you can grow the small cherry tomatoes in central Florida, but not the large. Oh, the um, small, like the grapes. Large tomatoes. Grape tomatoes. R- right. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so then I think we'll roll into, uh, we'll go to um, Andrea. Andrea, since you are all about the food and everything, what recipes would you uh, come up with for uh, any of these things? Just, you know, just take one and then we'll go back and forth on that. That sounds good. I always okay. love talking about eating, so that's good. We're good. <laughs> um, so I'd say okra is a fun one just to start. You know, okay. it has that kind of that. gooey, slimy texture. Have you tried it? The yeah. gelatinous, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, okay. So it actually lowers cholesterol, so that's a benefit of having that. Oh. It's very has a lot of fiber, but it's good in soups and things like where you want to thicken something. That's a great, you know, might as well use that. So gumbo is excellent, and if you don't like the slime so much, um, you can roast them and leave the ends on because the more you cut it, the more the gelatinous stuff um, kind of oozes out, I guess. Uh-huh. So, you know, roasting them or air frying them if you have that option, or even you can just microwave them or saute them, but just keep them whole then if you um, or your spouse is not a fan of that. And you can also, they're very neutral flavor, but you could do things like they go well with tomatoes and onions. Mm-hmm. There's actually something you can make okra marshmallows. I've done that. They're not the same what? as normal marshmallows. I know, right? <laughs> I'm not sure I would replace them yet, but <laughs> that's um, like fake chocolate, right? <laughs> it's <yeah>. not real. <laughs> the okra marshmallows, yeah, they probably came before the other ones. I'm yeah. thinking that we improved. Um, but I know I have a friend who actually puts them regularly in eggs and actually in waffles just because oh. they're really neutral flavor. And it's a great way to get that fiber and those uh, vegetable benefits. So, oh, that's an I, interesting way. I, it sort of slips it in. People don't really yeah. notice it as much. I don't think we should skip on this okra marshmallow. Yeah, bit, I, yes. I agree. So, that's kind of crazy. so what are you saying? Yeah, how, what, how, do how do we do make do that? that? Do you know? Or okay, is that so, just a thought? <laughs> yeah, let me... Hold on. She's getting okay, her recipes so, out. 
think I know. Yeah, you see me open it up like I have. <laughs> okay, so the marshmallows you actually blend the okra, so you blend it with okay, water, fine. honey, and vanilla. And, this is um, the skin of the okra. You 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 can't the whole peel thing. Okra. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. peel. Yeah, just whole thing. You put the whole thing in there: water, honey, vanilla, honey, high-powered vanilla. blender, and it creams up and becomes thick. Um, and then you pour the mixture into it on the dehydrator, and you dehydrate them. Oh, that's <laughs> so, the way you do it. Okay. Yeah. So it's really not the same as normal marshmallows, but that's what they're called. I've, so, I've, I've made homemade marshmallows several times. Oh yeah, they're wonderful actually. But you know, that's it's a cool. baking thing. Uh, yeah. And it's, but it's all sugar. I mean, come on, it's not really that good to eat. <laughs> well, this one has okra. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. has honey. Annie, so. do you put um, powdered sugar? Do you put gelatin in your homemade marshmallows? No. Ooh, no. that's good. Yeah, it's it's not a that's, big thing. I'll, that's I'll good in recipe. that. I don't it's... have it on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a little box at home. Seriously, it's an old lunch box that I have recipes stuck in. That's funny. Well, as a vegetarian, I do not eat marshmallows because there's gelatin but in them. But you eat eggs. But right. But what you're saying is. Your home, your homemade yeah, marshmallows, the and then the okra marshmallows. I got two marshmallow substitutes. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Mom's now for your hot back. chocolate, you, can, <laughs> you have marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> or your sweet sure. potatoes. So, uh, <laughs> and we do want to hear from you, but yeah, I, I mean, it's we hard to beat a marshmallow exactly. okra. I was going to say we didn't think we'd be talking <laughs> so much about the food. That's funny. Um, no, totally understandable. Uh, That's how it usually. Is. <laughs> you know, well, uh, I I have a list. Uh, well, Kenny and I put a list together of things that we think that would work uh, in a in a. Um, Date, you know, a summer garden. Um, so, you know, we put lima beans, eggplant, um, sweet potatoes, you had that, watermelon, Asian vegetables, pigeon peas, long beans, and leafy greens, like in the uh, the perennials, sisos, jewels of opar, Egyptian ekorawa, spinach, that sort of thing. Um, do you do you have a, those on your list, or is that something that you recommend or not, or... Let's talk yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a great point um, because of our weather here in Central Florida. That many people do look um, to more of the Asian or tropical yeah. um, vegetables, greens, that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, to plant in the summer months here. So there's lots of lists of those. Um, Where would they get um, those including lists? Um, we can uh, send those to you. So if you were to contact your UF IFAS extension service in your county, we can direct you um, to where to find those on the internet. Okay. Um, we usually have a monthly um, what to grow and plant in the edible garden that um, UF IFAS extension gardening solutions posts on their social media sites. So it's a quick list. Um, and it goes through actually North Central and South Florida, so that's very helpful. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that actually kind of uh, so. Well, I have I have several thoughts on that. Uh, I'm going to go with my first one. So <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk to you because uh, I think this is fantastic what you have done uh, as far as you have the um, you have put together uh, a 12 month garden guide and journal. And uh, it's by your master gardeners. I know you're the uh, coordinator for the master gardener volunteers. So you want to mm-hmm. talk about that just a little bit? Because I think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. They worked really, really hard on that. It's um, a really helpful guide that kind of just brings all of the UF IFIS information together mm-hmm. um, for anyone that is gardening in Central Florida. And it is month by month. Um, it's not a calendar or anything like that. Um, 
but it goes month by month and there is a theme a landscape theme and an edible garden theme okay so there's two different things all right that correct so it kind of goes through what you should be doing in your landscape you know maintenance items and then what to plant and then uh same thing for the edible side things to oh. plant what to harvest what to get started for the next month and then there's a page also for you to record you know thoughts successes failures um they must have a uh, any comments you know what you're what you've planted um it's great for noting crop rotation so i know a lot of people have trouble remembering that and um, what they've done. I mean, there's just a lot of notes that you could, you could gather for your edible plants that will help you successfully garden month to month. Yeah, I just, I looked it up and uh, I read it's 85 pages and it's, uh, that's a lot. And it's also, it's uh, like you said, it's not just about the gardening. It has the journal too. And, uh, you know, we can't talk about uh cash and so on like that, but you can purchase it uh, from the extension, UFIFAS extension, Polk County. And I just think that's fantastic. And it's available in a couple other places, but we'll have that on the site so uh, you can find it later. Now, let's roll back to uh, Miss Nikolai, Andrea, and uh, (laughs) let's talk about some more food. So what's, uh, you know, some of the hot foods, uh, the hot growing foods, what what would you like to add to it? Because we love that okra marshmallow. (laughs) Thing. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so, Andrew, could you give us where do you find if we're growing all these Asian vegetables like those yard long beans and the tropical greens? Yeah, um, I have a couple of. I'm gonna try this year. So, so Andrew, lettuces. where do you go to find a Asian recipe? Oh, girl, you know, I uh, just honestly go to Google. Um, uh-huh. They help us a lot, but just then, kind of looking for uh, the most. I kind of I love looking at recipes, so I probably pull up a few sites and just kind of you see the similarities and you kind of get to know which ones might be more authentic and then also sometimes I don't know if you ever use it but you know if you type something in Google then you do a you write um, site or site and then colon edu then you'll get um, only the dot edu sites and so that's really helpful too because then you can get, you know, like some facts about it also and kind of balance the two of like the fun Google side. And then <laughs> That's a good tip. I have found too, I mean, I, I'm a big cook. I mean, uh, big time. And so I love that when you get those recipes, you can just sort of feed them to, you know, like you can look through it and see the high points and see how they would coincide together and see what, yeah. to, like you said, you're vegetarian, so you would leave out anything that wouldn't work for you and substitute it for something else. But it gives you like a little profile of what to yeah. do, right? You just make it your own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, should I think I need to do our reintroduction today? Um, our, I am Annie Ellis and uh, with Kenny Kukin, and you're listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF 88, uh, Tampa 88.5. Today's guests are Anne Yasalonis and Andrea Nikolai. I hope I'm saying those right. Extension yes. agents in Polk County. Today we're talking about growing and eating food from a backyard or your backyard, not mine. (laughs) If you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call, 813-239-9663, or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on the air. And can you tell us, earlier you were talking about a seminal pumpkin, can you tell us what where Seminole pumpkins are from, what do they look like, how do you grow them? Seminole, come on. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, Seminole pumpkins are actually... um, 
They're also called calabaza. They're, um, you can sometimes purchase them at farmer's market. They have a smooth skin, um, kind of an orangey, could be kind of a mottled orangey green as well. Um, they're great for growing in the summertime. They're, you know, vining like um, all of our, you know, squash um, plants are. So you'd need lots of space to grow them. I mean, the vines can go 20 feet or so. Um, but they're a great substitute for, you know, um, many of the squashes that, that you might find in the grocery store. And they're real easy to grow in your own landscape. Um, they have a really good flavor as well. I'm sure Andrea can talk about different ways to cook them. Um, Is that but like a butternut really easy squash? One. Is that sort of like a butternut squash? Very similarly. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it's hard to grow any type of, you know, winter squash in Florida, mm -hmm. but this is probably the close you'll get, and it grows in our summer months. Is that something I could start a seed for now, or is it too late to start? Oh, it is. It's good. I'm looking yes, at it. Yes, yes. He's answering me with that <laughs> nod. <laughs> I've had experience with uh, seminal pumpkins and kushaw squash, and you can kind of just grow them whenever you want. Oh, that's cool. They'll I also grow from your compost pile if it's not hot enough. Yeah, and they will. And I um, have something in it, something that's growing a lot of. <laughs> I don't like to supplement with nutrients or water my vegetables. And oh. a seminal pumpkin's a great crop to grow if you want to just let it go. It either is, it makes it or dies. Yeah. Is that the I, deal? I mean, I didn't do anything, and I got three f fruits, three pumpkins, and they were like seven and twelve pounds each. Wow. And, and you didn't do anything. And I didn't do anything. And it's only three fruits. I'm sure if I would have fertilized and watered them, I could have got a lot more. But I mean, I was happy with just three. So you do a lot of mulching. You have a lot of mulch to keep the moisture in and, yeah. and it feeds its own self from the compost that but, you're putting in? Yes. Okay. But this vine just went up like a 30-foot tall oak tree. Oh, it went up high. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, Andrea, can you tell us what do you do with the summon a pumpkin? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it. You guys are definitely right. It has a sweet orange flesh, and so it's a great substitute for butternut or pumpkin squash. Mm -hmm. And the flowers are edible, the leaves are edible, and you can also eat the young green fruit without peeling them. So that's kind of a benefit. Ooh, oh, I didn't but know just that. you know, you don't always think of having pumpkin as a side dish. You know, just like oh, here's some pumpkin. Like we opened a can of pumpkin. Mm -hmm. um, but this one is sweet enough, um, and roasted, it's just just really delicious. So that one you can use it for like a pumpkin curry. Or you could have a pumpkin arugula pita pizza and put a little feta cheese on that and balsamic. Um, pumpkin pasta, that's another option too with spinach. Maybe put on some roasted walnuts, um, something like that. Or pumpkin parfait, you can do things like that. Pumpkin cheesecake smoothie. Well, let's back that so. up. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost lunchtime. We're yeah, getting no, hungry. <laughs> so the, the curry uh, pasta, you're not saying make the pasta with, oh, not the curry. Uh, the uh, I was just reading a word I wrote. Uh, the pumpkin pasta, you're not saying uh, making the pasta with the pumpkin, are you? Or are you saying make the sauce for the okay, pasta? Okay, so good, 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 good point. So okay. making like a pumpkin sauce then. Okay. And, and so it's. Um, that? I like that yeah, one. Let's go with that. Yeah, you add a little tomato paste in there, a little Parmesan cheese, um, and chicken broth, I believe, would be a good. 
-hmm. option and then just to thin it out and then you have that with some spinach tossed in. You know, only one in every ten Americans get enough vegetables. So if there's any way yeah, the we snake can throw in, these in right. here. Yeah. So let me ask you on that too, because you're saying just put the pumpkins. You're saying you need to roast the pumpkin first, right? To soften it and then scoop it out and add it to the sauce. Is that how you would manage that? Right. Or you could just cook it anyway. You would want to cook it though never, first. So I'm, you could even just poke it and put it in the microwave if you wanted oh, to. Oh, no, no. Shortcut like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She's like, um, but, you know, why do I microwave my vegetables? Come but, on. <laughs> but I imagine if you're not growing it, you can buy frozen or canned pumpkin or squash and still add sure. it to your pasta. Yeah, I, I yes. never thought about making a sauce with it. I like that idea because I do love it a lot. I mostly just roast mine and eat it straight. I actually, when I roast it, I eat the skin because I like it. But I don't think most people do. <laughs> so, no, I do too, got to tell you. <laughs> we're, we're a hardcore. <laughs> yes. So Seminole Pumpkin is going to have this huge vine, and I was thinking of Asian vegetables. Another uh, crop that produces huge vines is loofah. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. can you tell us about loofah and how to grow it? Yep, loofah is another one um, that you can grow in the summer months. Um, I will say with all of the vines too, make sure that you have room for them. And you mentioned it going up a tree and they, you know, all these vines will, will definitely do that. So um, just keep an eye on on them if you, if you don't want that happening. Um, so yeah, they are uh, warm season vines. Um, you can actually eat the fruit um, when it's young or grow it up it's a little bit larger and then you have you know the traditional loofah like you could buy in the store you know the scrubbing type sponge um and actually you get that by um soaking the fruit and peeling the skin off and you'd rinse it out and the seeds are inside so you get a lot of seeds out of that to start more vines later um and you can you know use the loofah as is you can cut it up um you can you know, use those for all your cleaning. They're biodegradable. You can put them in the washing machine to, to clean them. Oh, I've never done that. Hey, you just said uh, that you would take them when they're mature and soak them. I uh, thought that you just let them dry on the vine. Is that not the way to do it? We've, I've I done that know. too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done them both ways. And you, um, seeds were viable if you soaked it? They're still viable? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, we've done it both ways with okay. the vines that we've had at our office, and either will work. Yeah, if you can let them get really dry, sometimes the fruit or sometimes the 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 peel is easy to get off, but sometimes it can be tricky. Yeah, I've heard um, that. It's always been mm -hmm. easy for me, but I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have some callers or we, some texts. Yeah, we got a couple of text messages oh, coming in. Okay. We do want to remind listeners that this is the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa eighty eight point five. Today's guests are Ann Yasalanis and Andrea Nikolai, extension agents in Polk County. If you want to be part of the conversation about growing food in your backyard and eating a summer crop, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and we will read it on air. So the first one is a, is a tiny message. It's from Douglas Stymack, and he says hi to the Polk County Extension Office, <laughs> and specifically hi to Andrea. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, Anne. No shout out for you. The next one Incoming. is coming. <laughs> yeah, the next one is from Bev and Bill Keeney. They said that they love pumpkin curry, oh. and they're trying to control 
um, the environment, the Tampa heat. So they have a question about growing in summer here. They want to try to grow. They want to try growing vertically, and they have two wood pallets to try. So they were wondering, can you use wood pallets? Do you have any tips on making a structure? Sure, you can definitely use wood pallets. I know some people lay them flat and grow in them, but I mean, you could um, affix them to something, a wall or, or, you know, existing fence. They'd probably be really easy to attach to like a chain link fence, or you could even make almost like a, a V, upside down V structure and run vines or something over it. Um, but yeah, there's no problem as long as, you know, if you're clearly going to use it to hold soil, you need to make sure you're oh, is that what they able do? to do that. Is that what they were going to do, put I, it in soil? Because I wasn't thinking that. I think I, I saw it. that at the Florida State Fair. Oh, like a wall uh, growing? And then, yeah, and then they put like pots in the Oh, yeah. In the hole. Actually, you could line the back of it and uh, make it like a wall uh, growing panel. Yeah, you could put uh, like... I don't know, probably landscape fabric because then it wouldn't rot out. And then uh, do pockets of soil uh, when it would be straight up. You could even put that on a post. You could even put just one post in, put those in, uh, nail it from, or screw it in from the back of the middle of it, and then just have, because, you know, you wouldn't need two posts for that, I don't think, and just put one on top of the other. That'd be cool. You can also buy like to um, see that. <laughs> you can buy little fabric planters that oh, yeah. you could probably easily nail to the back. As yeah, well. yeah. Those have those pockets, those felt mm-hmm. pockets. Those are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's they, so cool. And uh, Bev and Bill also wanted to know: Have you tried growing eggplant hydroponically? Oh. I have not grown um, eggplant hydroponically. It should work um, just fine. Um, just like anything else, as long as there's enough room. And eggplant doesn't get huge, so it should be fine in most types of hydroponic systems. Um, I would say the most difficult thing with hydroponics is making sure you have your nutrient balance correct. Yeah. Okay, very good. And now we have a tiny message from Mr. Bill Grace. We can tell by the smile on your face that you're enjoying sustainable living and you're wondering, how can you show your support? Just go to the website WMNF.org and click on the tip jar at the top of the screen. Be sure to direct your donation to SUL for Sustainable Living. It'll be borderline narcissism how much you will love yourself for supporting WMNF Tampa and the Sustainable Living Show. All right, so we got another email and they said, to prevent the okra from being gooey, Greeks first... First soak fresh okra whole in a pan with white vinegar, about a cup, and water, and then they cover it for about 20 minutes and then rinse, and then there's no goo, and it's great to saute them with onions and olive oil and then uh, diced tomatoes, and it's delicious, and many thanks for your show. I was going to throw one in there, too, because I roast mine whole. I don't even, uh, I, but I, get them sm- I pick them small. And so I, I just don't even put anything on it. I used to put oil and salt and pepper. I don't do a darn thing. I put them in the, uh, on my uh, cast iron grill pan, stick it in my oven, and I roast them until they're brown. And they are delicious. I can't even, I eat them all at once. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of okra, but... It and, takes all the slime away is what I'm, and my point isn't, is. Does the extension office have a list of cultivars that are specific for Florida? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. um, Actually, one of our most popular publications is the Vegetable Gardening in Florida uh, publication that um, talks about what to plant when. But also, if you look at one of the tables in there, it has cultivars for each type of, of vegetable that 
um, is Florida specific because sometimes that's really hard when you go to the garden center mm -hmm. and you're not yeah. really sure if this is the right one to grow. Right. Um, but you can get all of that. Um, if you go to Ask IFAS, um, you can type in vegetable gardening and it will pop up. Well, I want to, that's why you just said that. I wanted to ask you uh, because you did say, you just said Ask IFAS. So you guys have a plant clinic that's open uh, that you can do the same thing with, right? Uh, you can call. You can actually do use a phone and call, and then you can uh, you can also use an email. You, can you talk about that just for a second? Because I just think that's fantastic. Yes, in Polk County, we do have a plant clinic. Most counties do have a plant clinic oh. that is open, just like ours, most every day of the week. Uh, staffed by Master Gardener volunteers. Um, you can phone call, email. Um, you can also walk in as well. So if you have to bring in something. Um, and you have a question that way, you can send photos. Um, so yeah, just find your local extension service um, and, and it'll tell you information about their plant clinic as well. We have a call too. Yes. Uh, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tom from St. Petersburg has a question. Hi, Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I am ready uh, for the uh, seminal pumpkin. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, you can eat all that. And, uh, and I got an oak tree in my backyard that I would just love to see some productive vines on. Um, and maybe it'll stun its growth, too. Um, but uh, so um, the mechanics on this, um, first of all, uh, I'm used to, you know, like starting things in pots. Uh, can you do that? Um, uh, and then if I transplant them afterwards, uh, can I put it like right next to the oak tree? Uh how would I specifically do that? And I might have a follow-up. Okay. And do you want to take that? And then sure. can throw what he did. Yes. Yeah, so you can definitely, they grow really easily from seed. So um, while it could be tricky to find seed at a store, if you know someone that grows yeah, it, that's the they best will way. have seeds. Yeah. I would also suggest that you see if you have a seed bank um, locally. I know in Polk County, we have a couple of libraries that have a seed bank, and then we also have one in our extension office. So that could be somewhere to source your seeds. Um, so you can start them directly in the ground, or you can put them in pots. If I, if I, might, if I might just interrupt on that point, um, you can't just take a, a, a one of the pumpkins from the store. That's not a Seminole and, pumpkin from and, the store. And, and seed. That's not a Seminole pumpkin that you'd be getting from the store. You'd be getting a different type of pumpkin. So it's a different cultivar, which is what we were just talking about, that wouldn't grow as, as well as the Seminole pumpkin. Oh. Yeah, the cultivar right. is really important. They're not all equal. Okay. Yeah. So I got to hunt for the seed. Well, That's yeah. Job. Yeah, and make sure that's what it is. Right? Yeah, it's right. called okay. a... No, sorry to interrupt. I'll be, I'm listening. Okay. And right, yeah, so make sure that? it's a seminal pumpkin. Um, you're going to have a lot of trouble growing any other type of pumpkin, even in the cooler months um, in Florida. Um, and again, if you're in a different county, you know, call your extension office. They might know locally where you could get those seeds. So yeah, you can start them in the ground or in a... In a small pot, but they're not going to stay in a pot long because they get really, really big. Um, you could maybe grow them in an area around a tree for a little while, but remember most vegetables in your vegetable garden are going to need at least six hours of sunlight a day to produce. So you need them to get the sun to produce the flowers, which become the fruit. 
So I'm not sure if that's a shady enough area or a sunny enough area to grow a seminal pumpkin well, and get Kenny, it Kenny did. So maybe Kenny ought to throw in how he <laughs> managed it uh, because that's exactly what I was thinking. You, oak tree, shade, it's not going to start that way. It's not going to start under the oak tree. I, right. um, if my vegetables don't make it, they don't make it. So what happened was <laughs> I just threw seeds in the heavy mulch of my backyard, which has about, it's an acre, but it has about 40 oak trees. And because that little seminal pumpkin wanted to live it just grew up 20 30 but, feet but you have to re- looking for sun but you have to also remember that Kenny has because he is an organic gardener has been there for a very very long time his soil is soil it's not sandy stuff that's what just normally that we have in our area so if you were going to do something and you don't have that you know, continual flow of juicy stuff that he has, you've got to make a pocket somewhere, uh, not on top of the roots, because you want to always keep the roots uncovered in an oak tree because it smothers them. So you want to find a pocket somewhere between the roots and then put your supplemental soil there and then do your seed start. Because otherwise, you're not gonna. it's not going to just make it in a hard piece of sand yeah, where a bunch of roots are. I imagine you could probably... Happen throw, you know, two or three seeds in a five-gallon bucket with good compost yeah, and soil and then start and next, grow it next to that. the tree. Yeah. yeah, you could grow it in a container, which thank, would be very great. Thank you, Tom, for calling in. Do you have a, he said he had uh, a follow-through. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. We have another caller from Clearwater, and uh, this is Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? We're good. doing great. Great. Um, I had a question for you on sweet potatoes. Sure. Okay. Um, I know there's different types, but you see some used in landscaping because the leaves are pretty yellow or pretty red. Right. Are those just as good to eat? They're not very tasty. I can tell you that up front. I've had them just because I was curious, and they're not very tasty. However, there are a lot of varieties of edible colors of, uh, of sweet potatoes. Now, the leaves aren't that dark color like those ones that they have as the ornamentals is what they would term that as. Uh, but they, you can see the stems will be a darker color, and you'll know that that's going to be a dark color. Uh, uh, potato underground. And when is a good time to plant sweet potatoes? Yeah, you're correct about the ornamental sweet potatoes. They're really starchy, not much flavor. I would not probably suggest that that you um, That's survival eat those, food. <laughs> although you can. Um, yep, so the sweet potatoes, um, those can be grown pretty much year-round here in Florida. Um so you'd go and purchase um, transplants called slips, which are little baby plants that have sprouted from the sweet potato. Um, and you're purchasing them as being disease-free um, so you have a good start um, for your sweet potato harvest. And so um, you can plant those you know, right in the ground in a raised bed. Uh, some people plant them in drums and things like that as well. So um, the varieties should be should be good, whatever they are selling at the local garden center. I like the Georgia Jets. Those are really easy to grow. You all, I want to throw this in there, too. The, the tip ends the, of the uh, baby leaves are delicious to eat. Thanks, Steve. Also, I got these plants growing. Um, the Oriental people seem to know all about them. Yeah, I the Asian. Uh-huh. Choo-choo, is that a plant? Is that 
It's just a genus, probably, of it. Okay. They said the leaves are like the richest in minerals of any plant. They're very good. Yeah, I eat them. I I go grazing in my yard, though. (laughs) I also heard you talk about hydroponic. I wouldn't have much luck with it, so I used artificial plants. And that solved the problem. <laughs> Great tip. Yeah, yeah, that's very sustainable. No water, no nothing. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, uh, Andrea, we have a couple of emails. One of them is from a famous gardener, Kitty Wallace. Oh, right on, Kitty. She would like to know, Andrea, how do you eat and cook yard-long beans? So the way that I've um, familiar doing them is that you just kind of cut them into bite-sized pieces and you saute them. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you can do multiple things such as roasting them also and probably be really good. So those are the ways I know offhand, but I'm guessing just things that would probably work with any of the other ones. Just like a, any green bean treatment. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's that's the coolest part about it is they're yard long. They're so long. But then for us to eat it, we have to cut them up. <laughs> so, Andrew, we have another message, and they this is anonymous. Anonymous. They said that they've seen it's very hard to find mangoes this season, and they've also noticed that mango prices have increased. Andrea, do you know what's going on with the mangoes? Not specifically, no. Um, no, Anne, have you heard anything on that? No, I haven't. I have. Uh-uh. I have. So I, <laughs> I order, I order uh, fruit sometimes from the Mango Men in uh, uh, <laughs> deep Florida, and they have all zillions of types of mangoes. And they, and I don't know why, but they said that all their crops were really uh, low this year. And I'm not sure the why of that. But uh, the big growers are just, they just don't have as much fruit. So I'm sure it's supply and demand. Although my mangoes are growing, and I have them in little bags to keep squirrels out. And um, so they're getting big on my uh, trees now. We have another email that has to do with mangoes and maybe avocados. It's from Andrea's friend, Doug. (laughs) It says, I've I've, I've got room for a tree, but I don't want it just to be for show. I want it to be a fruit tree you know, producing things. Mm-hmm. So, Anna or Andrea, do you have a recommendation for a fruit tree that you can plant now? In, what did he say? Um, something about mangoes? He was and just saying, like, would you recommend an avocado or a mango or something else? Oh, okay. In broad range. Yeah. Those will both get really large, which is fine. So just make sure you have the space for them to grow. Um so if you don't and you're looking for something a, a, a little bit smaller, um, uh, peaches might be an option. Um, there's some citrus varieties as well if you're looking for a small citrus tree. Um, loquats. Oh, yeah, um, I love loquats. Yeah, so it kind of depends on where you are because some of them tend to be more um, tropical. So you could have some frost or freeze damage on them. I know here sometimes um, there's frost and freeze on damage on mangoes. Yeah. Um, I had to cover uh, mine this year. I put a bag (laughs) of sheets over mine for sure. But, you know, I wanted to say I have a uh, dwarf uh, mango 
So there are dwarf varieties of fruit trees. And if you have the larger variety, you can uh, do like a pollarding, which would be cutting back severely after the fruiting. And you won't get it. It'll grow out and you'll still get fruit. You won't get as much fruit as you would have a giant tree, but you'll have access to it. You know, it's easier to reach. Uh, we have yeah. we have uh, either a caller or an email. Or yeah, something. we have Alyssa from St. Pete, and she wants to talk about what's happening with the mango crop. Hi, Alyssa. Oh, okay. Hi, hello. Um, yeah, I, I just I wanted to um, share that the reason there's a shortage of mangoes this season is because the temperatures were unseasonably warm, like too early, and so the mango oh. trees flowered, and then there was a freeze that killed them. So that's what that's happened to mine. Shortage. Yeah, yes. Exactly. And then I got another uh, flowering right after that, but not yeah. nearly as full. Not, no, not as much as you would have. So that's, that's why there's not as many mangoes this season. Well, thank you so much for that call. I'm really happy you said that. Now we're all informed. Yeah, no problem. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks. All right. So, I, uh, Angie, we... You know, we're talking about healthy eating, and one of the publications that I read, or maybe I think you wrote, was about summer weight gain in children. Yeah. So, Andrea, could you talk uh, a little bit about that, some trends you see? Yeah, I guess you would just think, you know, sometimes with um, not being sitting down at school, you would think um, you wouldn't have to worry about that so much, but I think sometimes kids can end up being inside a lot and um, sedentary in front of video games and maybe more access to snack like foods. So just really important to try to keep, you know, some sort of structured environment, even um, when they're at home too. And I guess keep them busy outside. And then also thinking about just, you know, having structured meals and snacks. So the kids know they're going to have meals and snacks coming, but just, you know, kind of setting them at certain times so you're not grazing throughout the day, which is really easy to do. Some of us know from, you know, working at home during the pandemic. <laughs> so Yeah, there's um, a lot of weight gain during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so just, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. And then also try and, you know, like if you can, they've there's been studies, you guys I'm sure have heard, but just that, you know, kids, if they can be helping in the garden, say you start a garden, that they're more likely to eat the fruits and vegetables that are produced, or even if they don't at that moment, they're more likely to later in life. So um, there's another garden plug in there. That was, uh, my, that was my first thought when I read that uh, title of the article, like, oh, these kids could just be outside gardening. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, have a couple more calls. One is from Peter in Sarasota. Welcome to the program, Peter. Hi, uh, I am an old-time organic grower, an Yay. old guy who's been doing this for a long time. And uh, I have seminal pumpkin seeds that I've had in the fridge for a long time, but I, last summer I had some that were 30 years old still come up. And wow. uh, I'd like to offer those free to anybody who needs them because uh, they are hard to find, as you were talking about earlier. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, how would someone get that from you? What would you well, so, uh, so, Peter, you could... You how you want to work. Yeah. I could give you my name off the air, and, and people could... I mean, people could get it from you off the air. That sounds uh, great. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, they just need to send me a self-addressed stamped envelope so I don't get stuck with the postage. But, Perfect. Uh, I have a lot of those seeds that I'd be happy to give. And what was your name again? Peter. Peter. Peter Burkhardt. In Sarasota. Thank you so much, Peter. That's wonderful. All right, so we're going to let Clark take your information off the air. And we have another caller. We have Al from Odessa. Hi, Al. Hey, good morning. 
Uh, I just have a question as far as grapes. I came back grapes. to uh, my land in Portugal where they had a lot of grapes. Is there any way to splice one grape onto a muscadine, or is that not possible? Great question. Well, Anne, do you have any experience with that? Um, so the in, the question was about growing grapes, is that right? Yes, grafting is what he was asking yeah. about. Yeah, grafting grafting oh, onto muscadine uh, stock. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of information on um, grafting grapes. Um, I'm definitely not a, a grape expert. You definitely can grow grapes here. Um, yeah, I would say if you... That doesn't grow? Yes, there's a lot of them that don't grow here. Yes, yeah, muscadines Basically, are... I'm looking for, uh, you know, to make wine of some sort. Uh, I can tell you who the expert is, is... Uh, a, Peter's uh, Paul. Paul Zamoda, Z M O D A. I would probably okay. Google him and try to get in touch with him. He has grapes. He grows grapes. Then they're all of the area. He makes wine. He competes with it with these particular grapes. He provides them for other people. Uh, he sells. Or I don't. I guess I can say that he sells the <laughs> the. the uh, I'm so conscious about money on the, this. The, show. He sells the grafted. Yeah, he does, and right, right. He, so he knows all about it. So Paul okay. Zamoda, Z M O D A, and he's in Riverview. Yeah, he's wonderful. He that, has lots of that was a good good. question, Al. It was. Thank you. Thank you very much. No problem. So we have a couple more emails. We have Roger from Seminole, and he's asking about pawpaw. Do they grow this far south? Anne or Andrea, do you have experience with pawpaw? Yep, you can grow pawpaw here. Mm -hmm. You can. Um, it's a native, so if you're looking to purchase that, um, you'll probably have to seek out a native plant nursery, but you can, you can certainly grow those here. I've never even seen one of those uh, for sale, but I'm sure if you called one of the the tree grow, you know, the guys that sell the fruit trees, they could find it. All right. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have a, another message, and this is like a this is a perfect question. Thanks, Doug. This is from Doug in Clearwater. He says, "I have an oversized lot and wanted to grow fruits and vegetables. Where would you suggest I start?" So I'm just going to reword that into, and Andrea. Where do you start growing if you've never started yeah. a garden before? Yeah, what's your beginning moment? That's a good question. Okay, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> we only have a little um, time to, to talk about it, so remember. <laughs> but right, if, yeah, and I would say, uh, you know, this isn't going to give you all the detail, but uh, Andrea and I do offer a growing and cooking workshops and webinars. We have a few of them recorded on our YouTube channel. So that might be helpful to you because I do talk a lot about starting a garden. Um, I would say the most important thing is you're really gonna look, need to look for a spot where you have full sun, about six hours a day. Um, everything is gonna need supplemental water, particularly when you're getting it started. So make sure you have access to irrigation and that you have the space to grow whatever you're looking to grow. So, you know, you'd plan your edible garden just like you would any type of landscape, um, you know, measuring everything out, making a plan, figuring out what will work for your soil or if you're bringing in additional soil or containers or raised beds and things like that. I wanted to praise you uh, while you're just talking about that because you guys won uh, some awards uh, for your online uh, programs that you put in. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, uh, tell me about, just real quick, though, you had a, two uh, winners on some uh, programs that you put out. Um, for the growing and cooking classes? Um, well, no. Uh, it was <laughs> we have a couple of pretty big awards. So, okay. um, 
Yeah, US Isis Extension is, is great at getting awards. So we did win an actually our Master Gardeners won an international yes, award and a state award. Mm-hmm. For the garden guide, uh, the York Bookyard Garden Guide that you mentioned earlier, that's uh-huh. the month of what to do. Mm-hmm. And then there was another uh, one, right? An online thing, garden tour. Um, we also, yes, we did. We won a um, state award for our demonstration gardens. So around our our facility in Polk County, we have demonstration gardens. Again, most of your county extension offices will have that. So mm-hmm. take advantage of the one near you or, you know, take a road trip and visit another one. Um, so ours actually has a guided audio tour, so you can walk through yourself. And we also have guided tours that our master gardeners will offer. Um, and we do actually have um, a lot of edible plants that we actually incorporate right into the landscape. Yeah, that's rather- a nice job. I like that. Yeah, then a dedicated spot. Some people don't have a dedicated spot for raised beds or, you know, growing a large vegetable garden. But many of the vegetables um, have ornamental qualities or you can use them as you would a landscape or ornamental shrub. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would consider... interplanting your your ornamental landscape with edible plants again you're getting a a functional landscape that way as well yeah i I like the way it looks too parsley looks gorgeous as a bottom right it does so andrea we only have a few minutes left and it's almost lunchtime and i was hoping we could talk about recipes and food again (laughs) i saw you mention something about grilled avocados yeah that sounds interesting how do you do that yeah, and and what does it taste like? <laughs> <laughs> have either of you guys done it? Have you I've done never it? done it. I haven't I, even thought. I don't about grill, it. but that you know, I'm interested. Yeah, it just um, I guess lightly coated with uh, cooking spray or olive oil, and then you would cut the avocado in half, and then lightly, obviously, <laughs> spray it with cooking um, olive oil or with cooking olive oil. spray. Yes, thank Brush you. With olive oil. Yes. <laughs> She's like, those are the terms you need. Yes. And then you put that um, face down on the grill and it can make grill marks, but it's really good. And there's also avocado fries. I don't know if you've tried those, mm-hmm. but you can lightly coat them in uh, breading and then roast them in the oven. And <laughs> just they're like creamy on the inside, crunchy on the outside. Wow. So it's kind of a fun, different way to use avocados. Wow. G- Greg, who's producing the show today, he's, he's yes. very excited about Thumbs that up idea. Thumbs all the way on that. He said, that's great. <laughs> never even heard of that before. That's a great idea for changing it up when you have avocados. So, Andrea, the rest of the country is sending us probably a lot of tomatoes and watermelon when you think about the traditional summer crops. So, do you, so if someone's going to the farmer's market, avocados are cheap now, and tomatoes and watermelons are in abundance. So, do you have any recipes for tomatoes and watermelon? Just those two actually go really well together. Um, You can add some cucumber um, a little vinegar, and then you make kind of a salad with the watermelons and tomatoes and cucumber. It's really refreshing. Um, and I just have to say, too, there's like the lycopene that's in the uh, tomatoes and watermelon. They've, you know, lots of um, cancer prevention benefits there, but also looks like it can help as an internal sunscreen kind of. What? So they found that people who eat that before, like going in the sun, less likely to get burnt. That's so it's like a smaller SPF. <laughs> That's so amazing. just, I guess, another reason um, to eat those. Ah, that's amazing. I ate a watermelon a day. It could also be due to your three-foot-wide hat. That's probably true. And all my, <laughs> my kerchief, my long sleeves and gloves and long pants. That could probably help. <laughs> so, Anne, something that I've been really um, successful with in the yard is growing passion fruit. Ah. 
Do you have any experience with passion fruit, Anne? Uh, yep, that's another um, uh, vining um, plants. Uh, you can definitely grow that here. I believe that pas passion fruit might be on the invasive assessment, though. So yeah. I'd have to check that real quick. I think um, that might be a problem species to plant. Um, You'd it have does to really maintain over. it. Yeah, you would. You have to keep it in an area in check. That's interesting because every like five years in my neighborhood, it freezes. So then I have to start over with the passion fruit. Oh, that's interesting. So it doesn't recede itself from the L fruit? I have not been lucky enough for that. Okay. <laughs> that's interesting because there is a lot of varieties. I know that. Yeah, I sure. have... I don't know the varieties, but I have a yellow fruit and a red fruit. And I mean, they do produce hundreds of fruit in a season, but... Yeah. And for those that don't know, you wait for them to drop on the ground. They want them to get a little wrinkly, and that's when they're, they're ripe. If you pick them, they're not correct. It's not correct yeah. time. So, Andrea, other than just eating a passion fruit, do you have any recipes for them? Not offhand. I think I would go to Google for that one just yeah. to get ideas. But people juice um, they them are a good lot. to eat. They juice them. Yes. And you know, yes. I think if you juiced them and froze them, like I, I take juice and I put a little bit of uh, well, I I have boiled cane sugar because a friend of mine does that. But you could put a little honey in with that and freeze it and then make a granada. That would be delicious. Mm. Very good. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it with mango juice all the time. All right. Yeah. So we want to thank Andrea and Anne. You guys were wonderful. Could you yeah, tell you very much. listeners where they can go to learn more about Polk County Extension Office? How can they get in touch with you guys? Sure. Yeah, we have a website. Um, you can probably Google UFIFIS or Polk County Extension, whatever is the easiest for you. Um, our websites tend to be a little bit long. Um, so if you can find us online, it has a directory where you can um, contact any of the extension agents in Polk County. You can contact the plant clinic from there. You can download fact sheets and uh, see a calendar of events that both Andrea and I and other extension agents in our county are offering to the public. Now, those little videos that you were, not little, but just your videos that you were talking about earlier, would they access them from that as well? Yep, you can find us on YouTube through that oh, website. Okay. Um, yep, and all of uh, many of our extension agents have social media. So um, the gardening is Polk Gardening um, that you can find on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and Andrea has um, social media sites as well. Very Fantastic. good. And we are out of time. We want to thank you for teaching us how to garden and eat our summer vegetables. Yeah, thank you so much. It was fun. If you enjoyed this show and our weekly content, please consider going to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar, and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. Your donation helps keep us on air. Stick around for the next hour to hear WMNF Tampa's Monday Music. If you want to hear more public interest programming, you can switch over to WMNF's HD3 channel, The Source, to listen to today's Tom Hartman show live. Tune in next Monday morning at 11 for the next Sustainable Living show where we will be talking about beekeeping. Follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living WMNF, to stay in the loop. I am Kenny Coogan. And I am Annie Ellis. Remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Bye-bye.
safer and environmentally friendly that it only seems right to offer them a safe and environmentally friendly option when they're ready to retire, like donating it to WMNF. Go to WMNFcar.org for details. This is WMNF Tampa.